Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. back like a heart attack well actually that's not what you'd want to have back but yeah (laughs) anyways mandy was telling me about this wedding that she went to with a terrible dj yeah it's such a fresh memory because so right now i'm in montana um exotic billings montana who wouldn't want to be in montana in february i mean it's just delightful um in heels no less um yeah so i'm one of my best friends um from I'm you know I, I you know you have like your camp friends who mm-hmm. you meet once and you spend like maybe one week together but you're best friends for life. So I never went to camp but I did this um I did alternative spring break in college where we did Hurricane Katrina volunteering um mm-hmm. on the Gulf Coast and I I made this group of friends who have just been like family ever since. So we we go big for each other so that includes going to Montana for their wedding um in February. And, but yeah, um, you know, Montana, I've been here before. It's beautiful. It's, it's everyone's super nice, but I didn't expect the DJ for this wedding to be as bad. Like I didn't (laughs) know that DJs could be that bad. (laughs) How hard is it? You know, like they literally played, we were, the reception was like six hours long. I mean, for, for one thing, because there there were 300, over 300 people. And like the food line took maybe uh, two hours, like two hours. No, to get not the food line. I know, oh, because there was, you know, it was like a very small buffet. And then like basically, and the buffet was in the middle of the dance floor. So we were like, oh, no, this means we're not going to be dancing for like three hours. And sure enough, finally, 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 they cleared off the dance floor. Um, people like got their plates or whatever. And then it just went downhill from the very first song. It was like really slow, not even good dancey country. Cause like I can get down to some Carrie Underwood, like some Garth mm-hmm. Brooks. I can get down. I love to, like, me some Garth, Garth Brooks. <laughs> some That's Keith my Urban, Right. <laughs> but they didn't even play good stuff. It was like, it was like the kind of like country music that would be on a bad infomercial for like make America great again hats or something. It felt like I was at a Trump rally. Let me tell you, I've never seen so many and I love people. I love everybody, but I've never seen so many white people doing the wobble in so many wrong ways in my life it was like it was like a bad dream and my friend Kevin who I'm here with we're we're rooming um together Kevin is like six foot tall beautiful black man and me and we are the brownest things at this wedding and when we (laughs) when we get on the dance floor for the wobble you can see everyone eyes look to us like we're dance instructors like oh they're gonna teach us how like they know they know everyone look at them (laughs) and me and Kevin like I remember like growing up in Westfield which is like majority white Jewish 
and like going to like school dances. And meanwhile, I can honestly say I do not have, I have basic, basic rhythm, but I, on the scale of good dancer, I am, yeah, like a three. And so yeah. we would go to school dances and then I would get on the dance floor, you know, like the only black girl out there. And they'd be like, oh, Tiffany knows. And I'm like, and yeah. Like, oh, here's Tiffany, y'all. It's about to go down. Right. I'm like, actually, I'm hoping Julie can show us. I know. Well, I only do the wobble like once every two years when I go to weddings. So I forget. I need to like refresh my memory. Which way do I go? And when do I, you know? Oh my god. Um it was it was too much. It was hilarious. But congrats, Eric and Natalie, on your your beautiful wedding. They had a great time. That's all that matters. Yeah, yeah I was gonna say that is all that matters. I um uh, on the wedding front, I'm like, uh so I think cause uh, so we were going to, you know, do something cute at Justice of the Peace. Like, oh, at least wear my dress and this and that. And so I told you about Pentor Bridal like offering me a dress and I just, I, I just don't know when I'm going to get out to Brooklyn to try it on. I don't know. So he's like, why don't we just go? Like Superman is like, what are we waiting on? Forget all that. Let's just go to Justice of the Peace and we can plan something in the spring. And I'm like, okay, I think that's what we're just going to end up doing. Like go to Justice of the Peace in our jeans. Don't take any pictures and just like plan like a, a small intimate affair. Like, you know, like a, like a reception. <clears throat> because I feel like that's what's been holding me back. Like, but wait, I've got to go try and address. But wait, I got to go get my hair done. But wait. And he's like, oh, my God. <laughs> See, we've, uh, we've all seen Sex in the City. What, what happened to Carrie and Big? Right? I know. <laughs> exactly. I'm thinking that. I'm like, you know what? Maybe he's right. Because, you know, by now, you know, if it would have been up to him, we would have been married like two weeks after we got engaged. And he's like, well, I don't, I don't understand why we're waiting. Like, if, especially we're already going to plan, like, a, like I said, a reception in the spring. And the reason for like, kind of like, not the rush, but he's like, you're paying all this money in insurance. You don't even have as much coverage as I could give you. He's like, so why not let us get married? You know, we're going to get married anyway, and then we'll have something cute. But like, let's get the mechanics of it out of the way, you know? You so I'm leaning can still have You can still have a romantic, like, ceremony at the Justice of the Peace if you, if you like, you know, you could have a nice little brunch afterward and you could wear a nice outfit. I mean, I've seen some really romantic photos of people getting married. And, and I want to do that. But I guess <laughs> like the planning of that, it's what keeps dragging me back, you know? Because I'm like, oh, and then, but wait, is Tanetta going to be able to take my picture? And then when am I going to get my hair done? Who's going to do my makeup? And I'm, then I'm like, ah, I don't want to think about it. Uh, I just wish I had like, a, um, I honestly hate, hate, hate planning events. Like I. Well, it doesn't have to be a whole thing. I know. It sounds easier said than done, but like I just pretend like you have a conference to go to and you need your glam team. <laughs> I know, right? Even that I'm like, oh, I hate that. Okay. And like we've been like like um um really trying to like hone down on like house shopping. Who knew? I'm learning so much, Manny. Like for example, the the taxes in Newark. I mean, I don't you know, I don't know what there's a, what's a lot and what's a little when it comes to taxes. And mm, so you know, taxes. looking at multi multifamily houses and taxes range from in Newark, um, on the low end, maybe like three or four thousand, on the higher end, maybe like six thousand, you know. So I'm like, I don't know, good or bad. We go one town over to East Orange that um because we were having a hard time finding a home in Newark, taxes are like thirteen, twelve, sixteen thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. Like wait. What? I didn't know. I didn't realize that Newark had much lower taxes. And it's not like, oh, I can see why East Orange taxes are so high because the school system's amazing. It's not. 
And so I'm like, so I don't, why are the taxes so high? So a friend of mine was just telling me that the city has kind of mismanaged. Um, they've given tax abatements to large co- or corporations. And as a result, they've had to up- overtax their citizens. Mm. And I'm like, oh, so even in Newark, like we will see homes that we really like. This has been the struggle. But then like you get there and you're like, oh my gosh, the home is next to two abandoned properties. And I'm like, why are these properties like abandoned for so long? And I, I'm, I'm thinking, are people not wanting to invest? And my realtor is like, no, she's like, I've got a ton of investors that want to invest. But what's happened in Newark is that people are holding properties waiting for gentrification, meaning that like like the bank or an owner will hold a property. It's broken down, but maybe they bought it for like $10,000. You know, they they are paying nothing to keep it up and they're waiting for Newark is like resurging. And when that happens, they'll sell it for like, you know, 10 times more than they bought it for. So I'm like, so you destroy a neighborhood so you can wait to make a profit 10 years later. And the answer is yes. And I'm like, Mm. wow. So thankfully, the um, the mayor of our city um, is addressing this now. He literally just addressed it because it it was funny because it was like that day I went out house shopping and I was just looking like so disappointed, like, oh, love this house. Oh, abandoned house next door. Oh, love this house. Oh, abandoned house up the street. And I'm like, what? How can you? I, I don't want to live next to an abandoned house. You know, like that's not something that I'm like, well, I could compromise on there being a, a boarded up house across the street. I can't. And yeah. so he, you know, he's addressing that. Thankfully, the mayor, um, Waz Baraka, he is basically like working to either forcing these companies to fix up these homes sell them or fix like fix them up to sell, fix them up to rent or just fix them up to live in or the city's going to take over. Um, because enough is enough. Like, like Newark, even though downtown Newark and Newark is definitely doing better when you actually go into the neighborhoods, you see that not much has changed and it's sad. And so I'm just glad because I, I I really do want to stay here. I, I love living in Newark, but I, you know, I don't want to compromise with like my daily life looking outside the window at like, you know, abandoned homes and properties and things. So I've just been learning so much through this home buying process, so political, taxes. And I bought a home before, but Newark is like a whole nother animal, you know? Well, it's crazy because wouldn't they, wouldn't, don't, by, by fixing up these abandoned houses, like wouldn't they be attracting the sorts of people that, you know, they say that they're interested in attracting? Well, that's not the point to them. The point is the least amount of work and money put out for the maximum amount brought in. So you buy a like a abandoned home or home, you know, and then with that was already kind of like broken down. And let's just say you buy it for twenty thousand dollars cash because there's homes for Newark for fifty, thirty thousand. And then you do nothing with it except for pay the low taxes. So taxes might be three thousand dollars a year. You know, you keep it for okay. 10, 15 years. And then you sell it when like, oh my gosh, everybody wants to live in Newark now. You sell it for 300000 400000 mm-hmm. And so that's the, that's the end goal because they have plenty of money. And, you know, and, and people have, are doing this in Detroit. They're doing it in other cities like that, basically buy and hold, but not putting any money into it. And what happens is that, you know, as, as, as things are progressing around, these homes are just laying there dead. And you're like, well, can you fix it? Because I want to live here, like actually live here. These investors are not living here. And, you know, they're just like, no, there's no money in it, not as much money in it for them to sell early. I'm I'm glad that the mayor is taking steps because I literally I just drove through and I was like, wow, this is really sad. Like nice house boarded up, nice house, nice house boarded. And you can tell people are trying, but, 
you know, because and you think to yourself, oh, someone will eventually buy it. But some of these homes, you can tell by the way that it's worn and weathered. You're like, this house has been here for years, boarded up like this. So this is not a, well, it's like this for now, but somebody will buy it. No, yeah. somebody owns it. They're just not willing to sell it because they're waiting, you know. And um, so, yeah, I'm hoping that something, you know, I'm going to really kind of keep track of like what's happening. Because like I said, I, I want to live in the city of Newark. Honestly, Newark is a great place to live transportation wise. We've got an international airport. We've got two trains that go directly into New York City. Um, it's like it's just so, like so centrally located. What's so great is that like, you know, it, I'm, we're closer to like Midtown than like Brooklyn is. So if you have to get to Midtown, it's like living in New York. Uh, Newark is like living in like. New York plus because you're like close enough that you could get to the city and whatever you need to get to, but far enough away that you don't have to pay those premium prices, you know? Don't tell anybody. I know. (laughs) (laughs) I know. That's how I feel living in Jersey city. I feel like I'm cheating. Like I get, I have a much quicker commute than I've ever had to work in living in Queens and like Manhattan, even like uptown, uptown, uptown. Um, But my quality of life is so much higher. Yeah, um, exactly. But property taxes, though, like I, everyone I know who owns a house in a nice part of the city, I mean, not the nice part of the city, but the nice part of the suburbs and Jersey and stuff outside of New York, um, they basically pay a second mortgage payment for their taxes. Yes. It's I'm not doing nuts. that. It's That's crazy. Because you think to yourself, you let's just say your property taxes are $12,000 a year. That means after you pay out your house, pay off your house, you're still going to be paying $1,000 a month for your house forever. Because it's taxes, plus more, plus because taxes go up every year. That's crazy. That's why I'm like, oh, investing in Newark is just such a, you know, it, it, it's just so much benefit to, to, to investing here um, and living here. And so, yeah, I'm just, it's just frustrating because you're like, wait, I've got the credit score. I've got the money. I've got the desire. And you're like, you think you're like, well, that's all you need. And it's like, oh, it's not so many. I mean, we must have looked at so many houses. I've gotten really good, though, at like doing virtual tours is like Google is the best. Like street view is everything because like you'll see a house. You're like, Ooh, super cute. Hardwood floors. Everything's new. And then you click on street view and you can actually tour the neighborhood with street view. You're like, Ooh, abandoned property, abandoned property. You're like, I'm not even getting out of the house. So it's, we don't do as many drive throughs as, as like, as before we just do street view. And if I see abandoned properties, I'm like, yeah, we're not even going to go by there. I had posted on Facebook, like, you know, about this issue. And so many people were like, you know, wouldn't it be dope if we could like collectively get together and buy like chunks of neighborhoods that are like that and start to revitalize them. And actually I have a few phone calls coming up to talk about like what that might look like in conjunction with the city. Like, you know, like a bunch of people just buy their own, like buy a house there. No, like maybe a bunch of people, you know, investing like, Ten, twenty, thirty thousand dollars into a fund, and collectively, you know, buying uh, a block because some of the houses are so inexpensive, and then slowly but surely revitalizing those homes, and then reselling them back or renting them out, and then the rent is how we get paid every month or whatever. So mm-hmm. I had a, f- a few of my friends who are doing well, who are like, you know, I'd be interested in doing something like that, collectively joining. Uh, forces financially to look into what that might look like. So this one, it benefits the city. Two, it benefits people. And three, we also make an income. So you beat them at their own game. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, so I'm excited about it because I was just like, okay, you know who's really smart about it? You know, her, she used to be Carrie Pink. Um, you know, she's in the Brown the Colorful Money Group. Yes, Miss Lily. Yes, Miss Lily. I love the fact that I didn't know her name was Lily. That's such a cute F-K-A, name. F-K-A, Carrie Pink. I know yeah. it's hard for me to get used to it. I, I feel like Lily is now the fake name. 
I never am. Like, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> but she's awesome. So she actually got her master's in like, um, in I think like uh, city planning, urban planning, and did her thesis on on like this like kind of collective, um, collective economics when it comes to um, uh, real estate. And I was like, what? So she hit me up. So we, we're actually going to have a call on um, tomorrow to talk about like, well, what does that look like? What does that mean? Because honestly, I think that would be awesome if we become the solution for the problem that we that we see, you know? Yeah, that'd be dope. Yeah, I'm just out here. Just out here saving neighborhoods. <laughs> on top of everything else. This is why I can't get married. You're probably going to beat me, but that's okay. <laughs> with my justice of the peace pictures <laughs> don't worry <laughs> hey ba fam this episode is sponsored by state farm are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget look no further than state farm state farm agents are not just insurance providers they're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Brown break, brown boost. What you gonna do? I thought we had a song. I feel like somebody sang us a song or something. That for was brown the break. song. That was oh. it. <laughs> I am brown boosting my office space. My office space, honestly, it's like the gift that keeps on giving. So, um, Drina, my publicist, like went to go see one of our our joint friends, uh, Dawn, who owns this brand called Puka, which is like the most amazing, like um, natural like skin products and stuff. And so Dawn had this beautiful space and said, Hey, Drina, you should come by and see my new space. Drina went to see it. It was like, Ooh, I want a space. Then Drina said, Hey, Tiffany you should come by and see the space I'm going to get. Then I went and I was like, Ooh, I want a space because everyone who goes there always says, Ooh, <laughs> I want a space. And so Drina and I ended up sharing. And so we love our space, but like every time I turn around, it just gets better every month because what I love about our space is that it's kind of, it's a converted warehouse. Mandy's been there several times. Yeah, it's super nice. You know, it's a converted warehouse. But really, it's not even so much like the look of it. It's cute, though. But it's like there's just so many amazing people in the building. You know, you just bump into someone in the hallway and you're like, oh, wow. You know, you're like the YouTube kid with like the million dollar brand. Cool. Oh, wow. You're like the people that invented, you know. Like the the cell phone case that sticks to walls, that's cool. So there's just so many awesome people in the building. Wait, why um, would my cell phone case need to stick to a wall? I don't know. So basically, it's like this weird gelatin thing on the back of the cell phone case that, like, so let's just say if you're like doing a video and you wanted to like or take a picture of yourself, you could stick it to like almost everything except for there's only a few services that it won't stick to. But basically, um, I don't know. It's just like if it gets you, you want to take a picture, a video, you want to watch something, and you you don't want to hold your phone. It's actually really cool. They they hmm. make like a bajillion dollars a, a year. They just started. Some young twenty year olds. They've got this huge space in the um in our in our in our office building, and 
that's what I mean. There's just so many random businesses that you're like, oh, that's cool. There's like a mentoring business. There's, I found my new natural hair care stylist. She, um, she's literally right down the hall from me and she's like, oh, I do sister locks. So I'm actually getting my hair done for the first time with her, um, this week. And so it's just so awesome. And so it's just being around like, you know, other entrepreneurs and people who are going for theirs. It's just really inspiring. And so I just want to brown, brown boost my awesome space because of the awesome energy and the people that are there. That's nice. And it's very, it's very like, it's a lot of people there, but I mean, I don't know. I've always been on Sunday nights when it's like kind of quiet, but it feels kind of peaceful. Like it's not noisy and distracting but like I can tell when you want to be like you want to socialize like you can go out there to like your shared spaces and stuff and socialize yeah like for that. sure oh I like it um so I'm gonna brown break today okay I'm gonna go negative my brown break <laughs> <laughs> sorry I gotta balance it out all that happiness um I'm gonna I'm gonna do a brown okay. break for uh for airline fees sneaky airline Ooh, fees yes so I thought that spirit airlines was the only worst airline like the one where they charge you for breathing they charge you for sitting in a certain position they charge you for walking a weird way like they just fees <laughs> on fees on fees but I took like a I took a um a carrier called Allegiant so okay. um I this trip was like a double trip I first went to Vegas and then I came to Montana and I flew from Vegas to Montana it's like a less than two hour flight these people Allegiant Airlines wanted five dollars to print my boarding pass for me like yeah. for the pleasure of printing my – for the honor of them printing my boarding pass for me. Then when you get to the gate, thank God I bought – I purchased my carry-on when I bought my flight because it's – they don't give you a free carry-on. They charge like – I think I paid $20 to have a carry-on bag, um, like a roller bag, you know, not like the thing you put under your seat but like a real carry-on um, when I bought my flight months ago. Because when I got to the gate, they made this big announcement and it was like the longest announcement ever. They were like – um. Uh, people who sit in rows like X through Y, you do not qualify for a carry-on bag. You will have to pay $50 if you have a bag that is too large to fit under your seat. People who are in rows R through T, um, you will have to pay $30 for a carry-on bag and just like on and on and all these like parameters around this carry-on bag. And I saw this family, poor this poor family, you know, like when you have kids, like you have mm. bags on bags on bags. And they must have had six bags between them, the husband, the oh wife, gosh. and the tiny children. They had to pay like $300. Oh, my gosh. For all these bags. It was crazy. And it just it just drives me nuts. And then you finally get on the plane. And I'm like, okay, the seats are nice at least. But then the the flight attendants come by with like the food and beverage cart. And I had my headphones in. And I was like, oh, no, thank you. And she says, no. I'm, I said, do you, do you want something? Do you want to purchase something for purchase from the cart? Like there wasn't even a free drink, no free pretzels, just – no, I, I wasn't going to give it to you. I wanted you to pay for it. <laughs> like, They're like, oh, that's cute. Did you think – Did you think, <laughs> did you think these were free? Because that's so, so weird, so weird. No, no, honey, no. We don't do that here. Not Allegiant. Um, wow. So that's my brown break. Just cheap, cheap airlines. Just re like read the – I mean it was a really cheap flight and I feel like – you know, I got my money's worth because it was really it was less than a hundred dollars for this flight to to Montana. Um, but the only reason I didn't end up paying like an arm and a leg is because I read the fine print and paid for my crap yeah. and downloaded the app real quick when I found out I had to pay five dollars to print my boarding pass. Yeah, you um, just have to, like you said, if if it's an unfamiliar airline, you definitely want to like 
read the fine print. I think when I was flying from Spain to Morocco, one of my friends works for um, United and um, she gifted me for my birthday, like maybe a few years ago, like a flight from uh, Newark to Spain and back. And so I was like, woohoo. I mean, it was standby, but still, hey, I didn't have to pay, you know? Yeah. And so I was like, okay, because I told her I wanted to go to Morocco for my birthday. She's like, well, we don't fly to Morocco, but we fly to Spain, um, uh, Madrid. So I said, okay, I'll go to Madrid a couple of days by myself, which I loved. And then I flew to Morocco to meet my friend Madeline, who I always travel with on my birthday. And so I flew. And as I was flying from Spain, um, Madrid to Morocco, there's this, I think it's Ryanair. Girl, whoo Like, to carry, like, uh, you are literally allowed to carry, like, nothing. I think... You could have like a book bag and then, but even that, that was like, they charged you, I think it was like 60 euros, something ridiculous. And then anything else, like you couldn't even have anything in your arms. Like I had to go to the bathroom cause I had, um, I had a little carry on, but I also had like my book bag and they're like, Oh no, no, no. You're going to have to, you're going to have to pay like 120 euros. I'm like, what? Cause oh. the flight itself was like 50 bucks. And so I ended up like putting on layers of clothes. So my book bag could fit inside my carry on. And at one point I had like this little, it's like a little, almost like, a, you know how like when you're traveling, you have all your travel documents and like a little leather, like sometimes like a little leather case. It's like a, a an inflated wallet. Yeah. Girl, they were like, oh, that's a carry on. I'm like, the, this thing in my hand, <laughs> the size of a book, this thing in my hand, girl, I put it down my pants. And I was like, what, like what, what, <laughs> I cannot believe it. And I was like, you know what though? I didn't read the fine print and it was just, I'm, you know, I learned my lesson. And thankfully, uh, my girl, Madeline, when I met her in Morocco, I sent her home with like all my things so I could fly back fairly cheaply on Ryanair without having to worry about all those things. But it just, it's just a good lesson. Yeah. It's it's not a bad, it's, it's really cheap, but you have to know, like, it's really cheap because you have to follow all of the rules, like print everything out in advance, you know, make sure you don't carry all this, all these extra things. So once you know those things and you read the fine print, you're fine. But most of us don't read the fine print because Lord knows I didn't. I was like, what? I'll be back. Let me go to the bathroom. I had so many clothes on and I was hot. <laughs> but I was like, I am not paying additional 60 euros. At the time, that was like double. It was like $120 in, in US. And I was like, yeah, I don't have that. That's cray. So, it is cray. That is cray. It's time for letters from y'all. It's time for the BA letters. Do we have any good questions? Letters from y'all. That's, yep. That should be the name of this segment. Letter, <laughs> letters from y'all. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> um, yes, I do have a, I have a, I have a good question. So this woman wants to be known by Hillary. Okay. With hey, two hey. L's. Um, so she says, hi, Manny and Tiffany. I recently started listening to the podcast um, and I'm playing catch up. Thanks for sharing with us about your lives and informative tips about ways to save money and do better financially. Thank you, Hillary. Um, now, here's her question. She says, what's the best way to handle student loan refunds? I recently started a graduate program and will receive a refund check. I want to buy a new home, and I don't know if I should use some of the money to put back on my loans and add a little bit to my savings for the down payment. Um so that's her question. What should she do with her student loan refund? And is it okay to uh, use it for something that you want to purchase? Or should you maybe use it to pay back your loans? So knee-jerk reaction, pay back your loans. But I'll say this because my dad did this once. He it, it, it all depends on interest rates. So at the time, student loan like interest rate was super low. 
and he wanted to get a car or something like that. He needed it for work. And so he got his refund check, bought like a car, um, it, like and, and was able to that basically it was cheaper to use the student loan money and pay that back at the low interest rate than what he would have paid um, if he had bought the car, um, used financing from the car company. So if the student loan interest rate is lower than your mortgage rate, then it might make sense because either way, a bar- borrowing is borrowing, you know. Yeah. So. That's what, I mean, it's dangerous though. It's a dangerous habit though, to me anyway, to, to keep taking a lot of money from student loans because I did that. I, you know, I use every single one of my refund checks for foolishness. I was like, Ooh, free money. I you know think so did. many people did that. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God mine were only like $200. But still, you know, I was like, Ooh, you know, and so I didn't use it for anything wise, but if you're going to use your student loan money, then whatever you use it on should either one be making you money or two saving you money because the student loan interest rate payback is cheaper than the thing you're buying's interest rate payback. What do you think, Landy? Um, I I totally agree with you. I would just caution. You know, it can get really easy to ex- to like justify using yep. your student loans when you you're like, well, I I could put the spring break trip on my credit card, but I'll save money by using my refund check, so I'll yeah. just use that instead. But it's like you're kind of creating reasons to use it. Um, yep. Just to kind of give you the excuse, but I think if there's not a pressing need, I I would just say you know return it if you can, yeah. um, or use it just to pay back your loans immediately if you can. I mean, I struggled a lot through college. I I I got my little part time job and I paid the rent and I was like poor the entire time. Um, but one of the best things I did for myself was not graduate with tons and tons of student debt and I could be out of it within a couple years after graduation. Um, and if you're in grad, she said she's started a graduate program. So that means she probably has underground undergrad student mm-hmm. loan debt already. Um, and I wonder, well, no, that can, there's probably not a private student loan because you don't get refunds from that. But, um, or do you, do you think it could be private student loan debt? Because if it's private, I don't think you would get a refund. It has to be, um, federal student federal. loan. Yeah, because I mean, well, I don't know. I've never had a private student loan, but it, to my knowledge, private student loans don't don't give you refund checks. Hmm. But um, I mean, I'm glad that she's at least asking the question. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. She doesn't. She also doesn't say how much, um, of a refund she's getting. So really, how much? How much? How far could you get toward putting, um, you know, toward your down payment fund for a house? Um, she actually has a second part to her question, and and I I kind of want to talk about the whole question of should you buy a house? Like, is there pressure to get a house right away mm-hmm. if you're at a certain age? Because she's in grad school. Um, she's having trouble saving, obviously, based on her first question. Um, and she wants to put this refund check toward her house down payment. So here's part two of Hillary's question. Okay. She says, how can I afford a home on a small income? I was laid off from my decent paying job two years ago. I've started working again, but ended up with a reduction in salary of almost $20,000. I want nothing more than to buy a better and bigger home for my daughter and I. My goal is to buy a new home in 2018. Um, She goes on to say that I have credit card debt of about $2,000. I have a FICO score of 680. And I'm using the snowball method to pay off my $2,000 credit card debt. Um, Basically, any suggestions or advice on how I can afford a home on a small income? Oh, Hillary. I know. I was like, <laughs> who should be the bearer of bad news? Um, <laughs> don't do it. I was just going to say, don't like, do eh, it. You can't. <laughs> like, you can't. And, and I mean, we're, you know, we're giggling. We're not because we're giggling at you. It's just that 
believe we have everyone has been there when you're like, huh, there's this thing I want. I can't it doesn't make sense to you know where I currently am in life, but I really want it. And I can completely understand that. But first, one, your credit score is going to guarantee that you pay so much more in interest. Like you want to get your credit score ideally to a 740 or above because mm-hmm. anything above a 740 you're going to get the best interest rate that can be offered to you. So that's one. Two, if you have student loan debt, which clearly you're going to have because you're, you're buying, uh, um, you, you told us about getting a refund check, that student loan debt is going to be factored into how much house you can afford. So when Superman, um, for example, um, my fiance was being basically vetted to see if he could be pre-qualified for a loan, here are the questions they asked him. You know, do you have a job? Yes. How long have you worked there? They want to see you have steady income. Two, how much do you make? He makes a decent amount, not a whole lot, but a decent amount. The thing that saved him, though, because he doesn't make a whole lot, is the fact that he's debt free. You know, like literally he, he uh, no, no credit card debt, no student loan, no nothing debt free. So that worked tremendously in his favor. And then on top of that, his credit score is a 750. So although Superman doesn't make a whole lot, because he was debt free, because he's worked at his job for a number of years, and because his credit score is great, these things are all going to play a major role into whether or not you're really going to be able to get a mortgage. So for you, you have the student loan debt, which I don't know how significant it is. Two, you're not making as much as you did. Three, your credit score is not quite there. So you're going to want to work on those things before moving forward to buy a home or else you're going to lock yourself into a position where you can barely afford, even if someone, someone somehow gets you a mortgage, you know, you're going to have a hard time um, keeping up with it because of those things. And the fact that she has, I think that answer was great. The fact that she has credit card debt of about $2,000 and she's working to pay that off. I wonder if, if she's going to take the refund check anyway, and the interest rate maybe is super low. I think interest rates are like under 6% now. Would it make mm-hmm. sense for her to put the refund toward her credit card debt? I think that makes maybe more sense. That makes more sense, yeah. Than it does, putting it really. in the savings account because at the most, you're going to get, what, 1% on the best savings account today? Yep. Um, you'll probably do better for yourself and your goal of eventually buying a house um, by paying off your credit card debt and improving your FICO score yep. um, and lowering your debt to income ratio all at the same time. Um, she also mentions that her student loans from undergrad are on income-based repayment right now of $0.00 which is fine. Um, but that's kind of a bandaid, you know, Yep. income-based repayment interest is still accruing. Um, and that, that whole debt load is still counting against you in terms of, you know, uh, qualifying for a home loan of the size that you want. Um, so I would, yeah, I would make top priority is taking care of your debt. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and, and maybe the bigger house isn't going to happen in 2018 or even 2019. Um, but, but someday it, it'll it happen. Will. And honestly, you'd be surprised, honestly, because the good thing about it is, is when you take care of your debt, you are simultaneously taking care of your credit because 30% of your credit score really is an amount of debt that you owe in comparison to what you make. And so as you start to pay your bills on time and continue to do so, as you get, you know, get rid of your debt, as you lower um, how much you owe to student loans, that is going to affect your credit score as well. So all of those things work together collectively. Honestly, it took Superman. I mean, we started dating three years ago. He's just now ready. So it took a while before, like, cause I have a foreclosure on my, on my, like, 
docket. So I really can't help in this home home buyers thing. So really it's the money that he saved and it's the, um, his credit score. So all of this is on him. So it took three years before he was ready to kind of say, okay, yes, I've got the money. I've got the credit score. You know, I've got the years in, I've got the income in order to move forward. And honestly, he can't afford like some big old, like amazing house. So one of the things we're going to do is we're looking for at at minimum, a two family house. So we live in one and get help with the mortgage with the other because one thing that, how that helps is that they will factor in the rent from the from the other units into his income. I think like 60 or 70% can count as income. So he can afford more house that way. So you know just really just really is like finagling to see like what what you're able to do but work on your core basics first before leaping because we would hate Mandy and I would hate for you to to jump into leap into a home and only to be in worse financial shape than ever before. Absolutely. And there's always someone out there willing to give you a house you can't afford. Yep. Like even since the recession. So yep. focus on paying off your credit card debt um, and, and taking care of your beautiful daughter and grad school. You have a lot on your plate. Um, mm-hmm. One, one thing at a time, no pressure yep. to have the McMansion, you know, <laughs> right away. <laughs> All righty. If you guys have questions, you know where to find us. You can go to brownambitionpodcast.com and click on Ask Us Anything, or you can just shoot us an email directly at brownambitionpodcast at gmail.com. We got a really good question. Don't you feel like that, Mandy? I'm like, ooh, these questions are getting good. They're really getting good. And it shows that you guys are really thinking before you, you know, take these huge steps. And that's super smart. Mm-hmm. Super smart. Um, and you guys are. What I really like too is that you're giving us. Because remember in the beginning, the question would be like credit card. You're like, well, girl, I need more information. <laughs> yes, thank you, Hillary, for giving us the details. Yes. <laughs> like, and again, you can. We'll you know we'll use a fake name. Hillary ain't Hillary. Um, mm-hmm. Tell us all your dirty laundry. It is safe with us. We will not be sharing your information with anybody. We promise. I don't even remember half the questions that we get. Um, <laughs> so this is a safe space. Tell us everything. Um, And that just helps us give you the best answer possible. So now it's time to close the show with wins from you and me. That's nice. I'm thinking like, because you remember, well, you don't know the Mickey Mouse Club. M-I-C-K-E-Y-M. I know the Mickey Mouse Club. Oh, I thought, you know, millennials, you know, y'all. I know them because I watched the Justin Timberlake and Britney Spears story. Oh. Um, (laughs) Did you know Ryan Ryan Gosling was in the Mickey Mouse Club? You know what? That doesn't surprise me. Sidebar, wait a minute. We have forgot. Hello. Beyonce's having twins? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Everyone listening is like, when are they going to say it? When are they going to mention it? Yes. I totally forgot. I don't know why where it clicked. I think I was thinking Mickey Mouse Club. I don't know what the leap was, but the leap yeah. happened. Where were right. you when you learned Beyonce was having twins? I was on Facebook and I was scrolling and I saw this crazy picture of a woman that I've come to know as Beyonce. Like, I don't even know, with a veil on. And I was like, clearly this is a lie. Girl, she would never post a picture like this. And someone said it was a screenshot. I said, let me go to Instagram and investigate for myself. And sure enough, it said 40 minutes ago, Beyonce posted this picture and it said, we're welcoming two new people. And I was like, what the hell picture is this? But either way, <laughs> congratulations, <laughs> King Bay. <laughs> well, I landed I landed in Vegas, when was that, like Thursday or whatever. And as soon as we touched down, people's phones were pinging. 
and someone was like, Beyonce's having twins. And like it lit up the whole plane. The whole plane no. was like, yes, I'm not kidding. <laughs> I'm not what kidding. What the heck? Can you it imagine? It was a world event. It was a, I it, know. It brought I mean, everyone on the plane. We started hugging and people, po- a champagne <laughs> bottle appeared. Oh, shut up. <laughs> Brown and black and white all came together. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. I but it was, was, was kind of like that. You know, but so from what I understand is she has her, um, she, her picture is the most liked picture, like Guinness Book of World Records, the most liked Instagram picture of all time. No, you need to go to her website because that picture is just the beginning. Really? She literally had an entire, of course she did this huge photo shoot with this like artist and she had Warsan Shire wrote her, wrote her a poem to go with this whole photo shoot. I'm not, it's so extra and it's so Beyonce like she's swimming underwater and she's in these beautiful silks and fabrics and you know the baby bump is on full display and I'm like of course only Beyonce only Beyonce someone said that she did it because um you know everybody always telling saying that she um she's not really pregnant yeah that that bogus like hoax that like that, that blue ivy was like a surrogate baby or something yeah and I'm yeah. like oh yeah I'm, I'm here now looking and I'm like I guess I mean I don't know Part of me is like, I, I'm really glad that that in vitro treatment really worked because, you know, like this. So like I know she's I think she struggled to have even blue. So, I mean, I don't I don't understand why people don't understand that celebrities like every all these celebrities having twins. Like it, it's not like normal for this many people to have twins. It's all well, we know. We know what that is. It's I all mean, in I, vitro. Yeah. And I, you know, and I'm like, I'm not, girl, I likely will, I'm 37. So the likelihood is I'm going to have to use in vitro as well. I might have me a set of twins. (gasps) Jarrell's a twin anyway. Yeah. You probably have better (laughs) odds than most people. (laughs) But yeah. So when, you know, you're right. Having twins is not, not that I hate to use the word normal, but twins are like an anomaly. And so for all of these people to be having them, it's clear that, you know, they use help, which I support because, you know, I'm, I'm a woman of a certain age and I don't know. I mean, we've been trying and I have not, you know, naturally conceived. So in vitro, it might be, which I'm okay with. I'm, although I am nervous about the whole, you know, um, Superman is like, yes, for twins. I'm like, Lord, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. If I'm ready oh, so we have to talk. You guys are seriously. Gonna, okay. We got to talk about this in the yeah. in future shows. Yeah, we will. Like once I, if I decide to go that route and, you know, I'm like really, I'm still, I'm not going to lie. I'm still on the whole, I don't know if I want to be a mom fence. Like, oh, well, I like I dad- said, if you overthink it, you'll never do it. Like, it's I know, crazy. I know. <laughs> it's like I when you jump out of a plane to skydive and your body is like, this is not smart. This is not natural. <laughs> and you kind of have to force yourself. That's yeah. kind of what I feel like being a mother is. I know. But then part of me is like, oh, I don't want to not be a mom. I see like my sister and I see like uh, my um, my best friend, Drina. And even when my nephew's over and he looks up at me, I was just looking at pictures of him today on my phone. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, this love is like a love like no other. And these are not even mine, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's- Whatever you decide, yeah. it'll be the best. Yeah, wow, so Beyonce I'm- is not pl- – she literally posted all these pictures of her being pregnant with Blue, too. Yeah. yeah, this is the just so finger. just so we're clear. That's what that. Is. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, girl, that's cool. You know, people. It's so crazy how people are like, I don't care. I'm like, either way, it's a. I mean, okay. I mean, I'm I'm happy for Beyonce. I just I don't know why people get so angry when people are like, oh my gosh, Beyonce's pregnant, I and they're like, wow. Yeah, I do. But honestly, I would care if my friends are pregnant. I'm like, oh, that's good. I mean, I, that's I, how I kind of feel about it. I might get pregnant if I can, if you can promise me my boobs will look like Beyonce's, I will get pregnant because those <laughs> no, are amazing. You, 
You know, we have to share on the uh, on the Brown Ambition uh, podcast.com page. There's a video. It is hilarious. I don't know if you've ever seen when Oprah talks about Gail. Oh, about I saw that that meme going around. <laughs> yes, I feel like we have to share that. And just like, it is like, this is why I love Beyonce. It is hilarious. <laughs> I feel like we have to post it. If you can find it, I think It's on that our page. Our- it's on our page, right? Is it? Published by Tiffany O. Aliche 14 hours ago. Did you? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You no, no, it's on our- <laughs> oh, that's true. I did. I forgot I did that. So, yeah, you should go to our Facebook page and, and watch it. It is, you're going to get your life and get your giggles on. So, uh, so that's going to be my win. My win is for pregnancy and fertility and Beyonce's twins. I feel like if you want some good fertility juju, you should just look at her, her page right now, Beyonce.com. <laughs> she is just beautiful. Um, my win is going to be my surprise trip for my mother. I took her to Celine Dion in Vegas and it was just like, we, we got our lives at that Celine Dion concert and you can imagine who was in the crowd, at Celine Dion concert in Vegas on a Wednesday night. Um, you can just imagine, but we were lit. It was amazing. Celine Dion, like it was, I mean, my mom was like a mess. She was crying the whole time, but like this woman has not aged and her voice is like out standing like she does not get enough credit she is still she hit all of the notes there was not one song that she mariah carried and like did some you know like to cover up that she can't hit the notes anymore she hit (laughs) she slayed she did all the greatest hits she did the titanic song she did the power of love um um oh all of her all of her greatest hits and she doesn't have very many like fast songs but there's a couple and at the very end of the show she comes out in this like sparkly green mini dress and she lets everyone rush the stage and like go you know uh be really up front like on the stage like in front of the stage with her um and we had really good seats so I ran up there and I was like so close to Selena I could have like reached out and touched her but I didn't because I didn't want to get arrested um <laughs> But it was, it was just, it was a great, it was such a nice, it was a fun memory. It was a fun experience for me and my mom to share that. And we went and had a fancy dinner afterward and she was so cute. She showed up, she was, we were, she was unpacking at the hotel and she pulled out this like sequin top and I was like, oh my God, you came to get it. (laughs) And so she was like, I thought you told me to wear something sparkly. And so she made me go to H&M and I bought like a matching sequin top so we could be sparkle sisters together. (laughs) That is cute. I'm glad because I know you had that, you know. That whole Trump bump. <laughs> that's what we're Trump. calling it. And, <laughs> that's so but true. I'm glad that like, you know, because bigger than anything else, that's your mama. And I'm glad you had a really good time. We did. I mean, we had we had a we had a blowout fight at one point during the during the trip. I'm not going to lie. It was it was. But you know what? It was sort of like you, we needed to have that. It's been bubbling under the surface for so long, like this fight of this this battle of the different political views and but we I don't know I feel like we really needed it It was nasty and it was like I'm not super proud of the fight that we had but we had it it was out in the air and we were just like okay we know where we stand and we're just gonna like what are you gonna do I'm your mother and I'm your daughter and we have to get through life but um I'm just I feel like a lot of my friends too who have conservative parents we spent a lot of time biting our tongues and not saying how we feel and trying to hold it all in. And I think that just made everything worse. Like it just made all the resentment, you know, build up and cause like a nastier fight than I think um, it probably would have if we had been learning and like working on having a mm. like respectful dialogue about politics since I was a kid. We've, and I don't know how it was in your house, but my house, like you never talked about politics ever, you know, it was never, so I never really learned how do you have, like a dinner table discussion about politics with your 
with your mom. I never, I never got that. So for me, it's been grumbling at her Facebook posts and passive aggressively, like, um, you know, commenting on her posts and stuff. And that's just not like a smart, healthy way to, to do it. So <laughs> yeah, I'm glad that we had that, that nastiness out in the open and we made up over fried chicken and biscuits as you do. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> Well, already another, another podcast in the can. I know. What number are we at now? Sixty nine. I want to say. Woohoo! Sixty nine. Ooh, lucky sixty nine. <laughs> <laughs> you said it. For, for those of you fresh ones out there, you're like, I have. Some of you are like, I don't, I don't get it, and you um, shouldn't. You shouldn't. Good for you. Should, yeah. <laughs> you are the future. All right, y'all. Well, safe trip back, Mandy. I will see you soon. Thank you very much. Oh, and go Falcons. What the heck? It's Super Bowl Sunday. Yes. (laughs) Rise up, Falcons. I hope that you are listening to this podcast in a world where the Falcons are Super Bowl champions. My little brother is in Houston right now getting his life. So, Alex, I, I, on your behalf, I mean, for you, for your future happiness, I just, the Falcons need to win. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.